everybody, this is Mike Van Meter, and welcome to the Recovery is Possible show. And I am so excited to be airing this show on WERA 96.7. And putting out this show to the public is, I think, just a great service to folks that are out there that are suffering from addiction. And, you know, we all know someone that's suffering from addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, a process addiction, even. And a process addiction is something that you can be addicted to that is not a substance that you put in your body. For example, gambling, sex addictions, gaming addictions, uh, things like that. Even food addictions are considered process addictions, even though you either don't put the substance into your body or do put it in your body, i.e. food. But those are process addictions. But if you think about it, nearly everyone knows someone that is suffering from some sort of an addiction. And WERA is doing a phenomenal job trying to put this message out to the community and through this program discussing how we can get well and how we can help other people get well through various programs that are out there. And as we go on in this program throughout the season, we're going to talk about a lot of those programs. We're going to talk about methods, theories, uh, things that you can do to help other people, whether it's you know helping people get into programs, whether you need to go into a program yourself, and what programs may uh, work for you, because you know recovery is something that that we all uh, look at in different ways. There might be a different path for you know each individual, but you got to figure that out. But the bottom line is that if you are suffering from addiction, you got to do something about it. And so today, what I wanted to do is play for you something that I recorded last year. In fact, it was uh, June of 2021 that I recorded um, an episode called Can You Be Too Smart for Recovery? And the reason why I recorded this particular episode was I really have run into a lot of people that have lots and lots of opinions about recovery, even though they have no experience with recovery. And what caused me to think about this was, uh, as I mentioned in the broadcast, uh, at that time in 2021, I was in the middle of working on a, a graduate program through the Hazelden Betty Ford Foundation and was working in my internship at a treatment center and had patients that were coming in that had very, very strong opinions about recovery, recovery programs and how to get sober, even though many of these patients had no experience whatsoever. And I came to the conclusion that recovery is something that people have very, very strong opinions about, but yet they don't have any exposure to it. And this is akin to watching a movie that you've never seen, but having an opinion about the movie that you've never seen. And that was a trend that I saw over and over and over. And at that time, I thought that it was important to address this. And I uh, did a recording talking about my opinions on this and really how we can overcome this. And there's going to be some important themes to, to listen for in this. And one of the themes is, is that, you know, people that are in recovery oftentimes are victims of their own success, meaning we need to get well, so we get well. And then after we get well and feel well, we think that we can go back and use that substance that made us feel unwell in the first place. And so I talk about that. And I don't mean to laugh about that, but, you know, we, we get well and then we go back and we think, okay, well, I can go back and do that same thing again. And that's just not how it works. And you know what? And then we can also think that we have all of the answers when we really don't. You know, our best thinking on our best day got us into the situation that we are in. And really what we need to do is change our thinking so we can get well again. And then 
you know what we what happens is that people have like i said lots of opinions but no experience and then it it's really best to listen to the people that have had some success and continue to do what they do and addiction is a very deadly progressive disease and that's an important concept to understand is that addiction is a primary disease of the mind and the body and it gets progress it progresses over a period of time it gets worse over a period of time never better and there aren't any exceptions to that so it's best to listen to the people that have had success in recovery listen to them take notes and do what they do and these are all concepts that I talk about in today's episode and this is based on not only my experience in my graduate program but my my personal experience, because I am in recovery myself, and I'm one of those people that did not listen in the beginning and had lots of issues and lots of relapses, and it took me a long time to figure this out. And you know what I figured out? What I figured out was take the advice from those that have had success before you. Do what they do, and you know what? Your life is going to get better. It, it really just is. So a key takeaway from that is my best thinking got me to where I was in changing my thinking got me out of that situation. And I really know that this episode today, if you're someone that is struggling with addiction, or if you know someone is struggling with addiction, there's going to be a lot of good points for you to be able to use with your loved one or for yourself. And just know that there is help out there. You can get better. There is a solution. And we're going to talk about that. And throughout this season, we're going to talk about many many concepts that will help you and a lot of really good interviews that'll be helpful for you as well. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and play for you the recording that I did in June of 2021. So go ahead and enjoy this and I know you're going to get a lot out of it. And today what I want to talk about is, you know, can you be too smart for a recovery program? And that's right, I did say, can you be too smart for this program? And the reason why I'm bringing this topic up is I have seen this over the years, and as many of you know, I'm currently doing a, um, a summer, I'm doing some summer work at a treatment program here in, in the area in which I live, and I'm starting to see the trends uh, pan out in some of the groups that I'm working with that I've seen over the years, but I'm seeing it in sort of a concentrated uh, fashion in, in where I'm working at right now, and that is this idea that you believe that you can be too smart for the program of recovery. And I, I just want to address that today because it's something that I've been watching and something that is troublesome. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might be able to relate to what I'm talking about. And, and I just kind of want to talk you through this and warn you about some things and implore you to just put your ego aside, put your knowledge aside or what you think is knowledge aside and just uh, consider some of the items that we're talking about here. So what do I mean about being too smart for the program of recovery? Well, I believe over the years in work with people, in working with people that I have worked with, that sometimes there are people that come into the program and they're victims of their own success. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is oftentimes there are people that are driven to a recovery program, whether it's detox, whether it's a 28-day treatment center, or a 90-day treatment center, or even longer, uh, halfway houses, things like that. But by all really 
outward appearances, they are people that don't need to be in those situations. And what I'm talking about are people that in their professional lives have been successful and maybe are still currently successful, even though they desperately need to be in recovery. So, If you're someone that's a CEO of a corporation, you're a federal agent, you're a police officer, you're a business person, you are a musician, you're any of these things, because I've seen them all, and even while you come into treatment, you are still, from all outward appearances, very successful, it's kind of hard for people like that to get into recovery, because... Because other people come to them for the answers. For example, if you're a police officer, people come to you for answers. You don't go to them for answers. If you're a federal agent, it's the same way. If you're a chief executive officer or chief financial officer of a company, after all, people come to you for solutions, not the other way around. Your job, your livelihood is dependent upon you giving your opinion to other people. And so now you come into recovery looking for answers And you think, well, wait a minute, I have all the answers and I can figure this out. I have access to the internet, I've done some reading, I've done some research, and I know all of the answers as well. But here's a problem with that. And again, I'm basing this upon my experience, not only just in my personal life, but now in doing treatment and recovery work. Uh, I see this over and over and over. And the problem with this is you may be a great researcher, you may be a smart person, but there's a lot of information on the internet that just isn't correct. There are a lot of opinions about recovery that are either straight up not correct or misleading or based on someone's biases. And there's probably not an area on planet Earth that is more misunderstood than the idea of recovery. I've never seen a topic where more people have an opinion about recovery but have absolutely no experience about recovery. You know, for example, and again, I'm not promoting AA's per, AA meetings per se, although they're highly effective. I'm, I'm just using an example here. I have, I have heard so many opinions about Alcoholics Anonymous by people that have never been to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, that it's just it's just crazy. You know, this is almost akin to you giving me a, a review of a movie on a movie that you've never seen. You only read reviews on it. And so people go on the internet and they say things like, <clears throat> you know, AA is a cult, AA is not effective, you know, they're going to make me believe in a God that I don't believe in, they're going to make me do all kinds of things I, I don't believe in, and that's just simply not true, okay? It's just not true at all. And and we will do a series of podcasts on what, you know, not only AA is all about and how it's structured and maybe even do a history lesson on it, but we'll talk some of the about some of the other groups too. Uh, Smart Recovery, Celebrate Recovery, uh, Dharma Recovery, and, and the others. But the fact is people come into treatment with preconceived notions of what these meetings are all about, but yet they've never attended them or they've attended a couple and didn't understand what they were, uh, you know, listening to. They didn't understand the history. They didn't understand the traditions. They didn't understand the purpose. But yet, they have very, very strong opinions. And so, when these folks come into recovery, and we start uh, trying to educate them on different recovery programs, they start telling us how they are not going to follow those programs because they have a better plan. Now, what I want to emphasize to you is this, and there's an often um, stated phrase in recovery, and that is your best thinking 
got you to where you are. So if you are a person, and I don't care where your your position is in in life, I don't, you know what your socioeconomic position is, your status in in the community. I don't care how much money you have. If you are sitting in an AA meeting, a Smart Recovery meeting, a Dharma meeting, or any of these other meetings, or you're sitting in a treatment center, your life has become unraveled. There is a reason, unless there was some horrific accident. And how you ended up, you were you were headed to the Walmart, somehow somebody took a wrong term and you ended up in a treatment center. Unless that's you, there is a very good reason why you are sitting in that treatment center. And it was your best thinking on your best day got you there. And what I would suggest is if that's you, if you are that person, then you might want to just sit and listen to what other people have to say. And when you come into recovery, it's really important to understand that anyone in that room or anyone in that facility, anyone that you know that has been able to put together uh, any modicum of sobriety, whether it's a day, a week, a month, whatever it is, if it's more than what you have, they, then they might have a thing or two to teach you. And it is in your best interest to listen to those folks. Now, uh, one of the quotes that I hear that amuses me the most is that recovery programs are like being in a cult. And on the surface, I can understand why people say that. However, I'm going to point this out. If you are listening to me right now and you cannot stop drinking or you cannot stop drugging or you cannot st- stop gambling or watching a pornography or whatever your issue is that caused you to listen to this podcast today, then what you are doing is you are worshiping the cult of whatever that is, the bottle. Let's just just take the bottle, for example, here. You hear people say all the time that giving up drinking was like going through a divorce, which is interesting because you divorce a person. You don't divorce a thing. I've heard people say that they have gone into mourning. Again, you mourn the loss of a person. You don't mourn mourn the loss of a thing. You know, it's it's interesting because you will hear people say that the bottle rules my life, ruins my life, not just ruins my life, but runs it. Um, I, it determines when I get up in the morning. It determines what I do in the evening, um, whether I travel, what time I travel, where I'm going to travel to, who I'm going to be around. Well, that sounds kind of cult-like to me. I don't know about you. And so it's funny that people are so apprehensive to participate in organizations that they appear as being cult-like but they have no problem at all participating in and using a substance or a thing that absolutely controls their life. And so I just find that interesting, and I thought that you you might find that perspective interesting as well. And that is that if you were going to worship that cult of the bottle or, or the drug or pornography or, what, or gambling, whatever your issue is, then it's probably far easier and a better idea in your life to start participating in a group that's going to help run your life more efficiently as well. And by the way, when you go to 12-step meetings, nobody's telling you to do anything. Everything that is stated in a 12-step meeting is merely a suggestion. That's all that is. It's just merely a suggestion. But you know what? Jumping out of an airplane, putting on a parachute, is merely a suggestion as well. Probably be a good idea if you did it, but that's just merely a suggestion. 
that's just something to consider um, if you are someone that is in the category that I just described and you go to a treatment center is really just put your ego uh, at check and really just put it aside and listen and learn from the people that have gone before you. Now, if you're an athlete and you're listening to me, uh, maybe you can relate to this, whether it's football, whether it's uh, triathlon, whether it's you know professional cycling, weightlifting, whatever the case may be. Just pick the sport of your choice and imagine being able to have a session um, where you can take the, the biggest athletic star that you can think of, somebody that you worship, somebody that you look up to, and you get a private session with them and they tell you that you should do this or you should do that or they recommend that you do this. Here's a training cycle. Here's the sleep cycle. Here's the nutrition, whatever the case may be. And then your response to them is, well, thanks for the input, but uh, I did research on my own and I think that this is what I need to do over here. Just imagine how silly that would sound. Just imagine how silly that is that you come up with your own plan. I mean, you know, I like to do triathlons, and I've not completed a full-distance Ironman triathlon yet. Could you imagine me going up to last year's world champion in Ironman triathlon, getting um, the best advice from this person, somebody who is at the top of the sport, they have won Ironman triathlon, and I just completely discount everything they just told me and decided that I know better and I would do things my way. You would look at me like I was I was crazy, but yet in recovery, we do that all the time. Only in recovery do we have access to people with 20, 30, 40 years of sobriety, and then we immediately discount everything that they just said. That's silly, but there's so many anomalies in recovery that don't apply to other aspects of our life that it's ridiculous. And I, I blame a lot of that on the public and the media and that... There's so much, uh, so many different opinion pieces that that are put out there. Um, you know, people have heard things, they've seen things, or people go to twelve step meetings and then they relapse because they, quite frankly, don't follow the program, and then they go back and they tell other people in the community that the twelve step program didn't work. When in reality, the twelve step program is fine. It's just that they did not work the twelve step program. And therefore, they go out and they blame the program as opposed to doing a deep inner look at themselves and explaining to people that really the issue was them and it was not the program itself. So what we have to do when we come into recovery is just sit down and learn the way that a child learns. You know, young children don't question the things that are, that are taught them. And in the beginning, in the beginning of recovery, what I would recommend for anyone that has struggled with this, and again, if you're listening to this podcast, it's very possible that you are struggling as we speak with your own recovery, and that is just go into a meeting with an open mind and have that willingness that we talked about. And my last podcast was about the concept of willingness. Just open your mind and don't question and just try the things that are suggested to you. And if they don't work out, if you do this for a period of time, a month, six months, a year, whatever the case may be, if you try these things and you don't get well and your life does not get better, you always, always, always reserve the right 
to go back out and do what you were doing before. As we say in recovery, we will refund your misery to you 100%, no questions asked, and you don't even need to produce a receipt. We will give it back to you. But folks, I will tell you this. I, in the years that I have been around this business, I have not seen one case of a person that has gone out and worked a recovery program and striven for complete and total abstinence from whatever drink or drug or issue that brought them to recovery and do that for a period of time and not have their life get well. Now, let me clarify. Does that mean that your life is not going to have problems? Absolutely not. Oftentimes, when we come into recovery, there's a lot of destruction that we're trying to take care of and resolve. And that's one of the reasons why early recovery is so difficult, because at the very moment where it's the hardest for us to get well, oftentimes is the very moment when we are dealing with the consequences of most of the things that we did that brought us into recovery in the first place. And so that makes it doubly difficult. You know, you're dealing with all those problems, trying to resolve them, trying to take care of those issues, and then you're dealing with the physiological problems of coming into recovery. And then we we tell you that you can't drink or drug while you're dealing with those types of things, and you're trying to get your body and your mind and your spirit to heal. So that makes it very difficult. That's why that first year in recovery is by far the hardest time in any recovery program. But you can get well. You can get well if you stick with it and allow your body to heal, your mind to heal, and then develop your spiritual program. I didn't say religious program. I said develop your spiritual program. And that means a lot of things. And we'll cover that topic in other podcasts as well. But you're just going to have to trust me on this one, folks. It will get better. And again, put your ego aside. Put what you think you know aside. And there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of myths that you're just going to have to just not think about and not challenge. Because my experience with working with quote-unquote successful people, and I mean outwardly successful people, people of money, people of fame, uh, people of accomplishment, they are by far the hardest people to work with in recovery because they know better. But I'm telling you that if you've got somebody that that is unemployed, maybe even homeless, but they've got sobriety, here's what you need to know. They've got something that you don't have. And as far as you're concerned, they have a PhD in recovery. And you might, just might, if you listen and you have the willingness, learn something from them. And so that's my thought for today. And, um, you know, I I know that this is some a message that somebody needs to hear because it's been on my heart for a while. And it's something I've been thinking about all week, uh, you know, in the work that I'm doing. And uh, I know this is going to benefit somebody out there. And if this benefits somebody that you think that you know needs to hear this message, then I, I want this to help as many people as we can. Again, this is a recording from June of 2021. And there is just so much in that broadcast that I know is going to help you. And you can use that information to help those that are in your life. Now, if you're suffering from addiction and you just listen to this this uh episode today, I want you to understand that, you know, this is not just a, a disease for yourself, but it's a it's a family disease. The disease that you're suffering from affects everyone in your orbit, your family, your, your, your spouse, your children, your co-workers, your bosses. There are a lot of people that are affected by the devastating effects of addiction. 
And it is something to be taken very, very seriously because it is a it is an addiction. I mean, it is a disease. Addiction is a disease. And if you go to the hospital today and get treated by a doctor, they're not going to talk to you about your moral failings. They're not going to talk about becoming a better person. They're not going to say that, you know what, you know how you get well is to go to church more often, or you're going to get well if you work out more often, or you change your diet. Those are all great things to do, but that's not what the problem is. The problem is that you have a chronic and primary disease of the mind and the body, and there has to be a change in your thinking and a change in the way that you approach this. You know, after all, if we have cancer, there's things that we do. We will take the advice of doctors. So if we have diabetes or any other chronic illness, we wouldn't hesitate to take the advice and recommendations of our doctors. And in fact, many people would try experimental drugs and experimental modalities of treatment in order to get well. But when it comes to addiction, we always think that we know better. And remember, that's one of the key takeaways of this is we think we know what's best. And we become victims of our own success. If we have any success, we become victims to that. And just remember that our best thinking, our best day, while in our addiction, got us to where we are. And it's going to be an inherent changing of our thinking that is going to get us, to get us out of where we have ended up and in order to get better. Listen to the people that have had success. Do not compare out. Do not think that, hey, look, I'm not as bad as that person over there, so I, you know, therefore I don't have a problem. This isn't about other people. If this is causing a problem in your life, and a problem could be your spouse, your significant other, your partner is complaining to you about it, or your children are complaining about it, or your boss is complaining about it, that by definition is a problem. And it doesn't matter that somebody else that you see at a meeting or in treatment or someone that you know has legal problems and they've gone to jail and you haven't, you think, well, I can't be that bad because I didn't go to jail like that person. That's not the standard. The fact is that if someone has brought this up in your life, by definition, it is a disease. And be careful taking opinions from others that have no experience in this and have never demonstrated a successful recovery, or they don't know anyone in recovery, or uh, they've never been to meetings, they've never um, you know, studied this matter. Be very careful with that, because there are lots of opinions out there, and many of the opinions that you're going to hear about addiction are absolutely incorrect. So be careful with that. And you know what? This can be done. Your life can get better if you just follow simple instructions. And so throughout the season here at WERA, we're going to be talking about the things that you can do. And you're going to hear from a lot of people. I've done a lot of interviews of very interesting people who have had success in recovery. I've also done interviews with people that have relapsed and then come back and learn from those lessons. Because if you have relapsed and you're listening to me right now, don't give up. The important thing is that you try and try again. You know what the answer is. You know what the solution is. Just don't beat yourself up, but keep coming back and trying because it can be done. I'm telling you, I'm living proof of that. Your life can and will get better. I promise you of that. I assure you of that if you just follow the instructions of the people that have done this before. So it's a very, very serious matter. And folks, I... 
I know that this message is going to help somebody out there. But just remember, I don't represent any group. I just represent myself. And I give you all of this information because I hope that it's going to help you because it might help someone else as well. So if I've said anything today that you don't agree with, you know, don't discard it. Take any information that you can. And if it helps you, great. Pass it on to others. If it doesn't help you, then just discard it. But that's what we do in recovery. We try to help ourselves uh, along the way. And, you know, hopefully we're going to help someone else as well. So with that, folks, this is Mike Van Meter, and this is the Recovery is Possible show. This is WERA 96.7. I thank them for the opportunity to put this important message out to all of you. You know what? You guys take care of yourselves. Go out there, do great things, help one another, and we will get through this, and we can get well. Because recovery is possible. I know it is. Take care. Talk to you later.